And welcome to Pints and Politics, the Trent Radio Fundraiser Edition. So, uh, joining me today in the studio is a group of students, student activists. Uh, first of all, we have Lydia Etherington, then we have po- Emma Poli, and then we have Rachel. <laughs> Say your name, please. Ava Lyle. Ava Lyle. And then we have Rachel. Rachel's done, yeah. Sorry. Uh, in my massively good order. There they are, just in time for the end. Uh, and they've come by to tell me a bit about the group, which is named, Lydia? Peterborough Youth Empowerment. So we have two Peterborough Youth Empowerment members here today, and then two just student activists from the community. Now, Peterborough Youth Empowerment is certainly a, a, a new phenomenon for those of us who went through high school quite a while ago, in my case, the focus was mostly on football and dances and the social stuff, and people weren't active in politics at all. Um, but something has changed. What is it that's changed? Um, I feel like what's changed is mostly youth are becoming more aware of what's going on. So we have a lot more access to internet. Um, we're just, I feel like we're more aware of the stuff that's going on that's affecting us. Exactly. Social media? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what else? Right. Today, education is so, so, it's everywhere. You're able to look stuff up at the press of a button. You can spread awareness so quickly, and that's something that youth of today are actually taking control of, taking power of. Right. We're able to organize things quickly on social media, right? It's, right, right? it's actually amazing. So what is the background of the group? Who are you and what do you want to achieve? Um, so this, this group started last year, mm-hmm. and we... Our initial goal was to help young people, you know, find volunteer opportunities within the community. But we've kind of grown from that in the sense that now we're helping young people become activists and have their voices heard uh, when they want to and how they want to. Okay. Now, there are some adults, you may know some of these adults, including some current and maybe former teachers who say, your job as a student is to prepare for your future. Leave the politics to us. Um, how do you deal with that, Rachel? Um, so politics are is our future. Um, it's right. it's good to know what we need to talk about in the first place, and kind of how you deal with that is you just have to prove that you are learning towards the future, and that is what you want to do. All right. I heard a uh, British student uh, respond to that question on Twitter, saying, "Well." Yes, you want me to go get a science degree, then come back and deal with this. Mm-hmm. But that's 12 years away. Yeah. I don't have time for that. The world doesn't have time for that. Yeah. Does that factor mm-hmm. in? Yeah, definitely. Like, There's so many things that are happening, like climate change, that are pressing issues, and we don't have time to go educate ourselves and get a degree to get credit and then take action. Like, We have to take action now, which is why there's such a rise in young people becoming activists. Right. Now, you uh, have... Uh, no doubt you followed the career of uh, Greta Thunberg and what she's doing. Now, Europe seems to be much more active on the student front than I can only speak for Ontario. Is that true or not? Um, Rachel. So it, it it's very true. Um, Canada and Ontario haven't had the big push as much as um, Europe has. In Germany and Sweden, the 
and in Australia even, the roads are completely blocked out with students marching with Greta. But here in Peterborough, it's a few kids sitting on the steps, including myself and Ava. So, yeah, and I think it's also kind of measured by the response. So I'm not totally sure, but I feel like in Europe, there's a lot more response from government officials mm-hmm. and from those people regarding these topics. But in Canada, um, there's been a lot of pushback. And like we see with the Ontario government, the premier is saying that these students who are striking and walking out are just pawns for the unions. And there's this whole, yeah, there's this whole like um, decrediting of the entire student movement in Canada, which is why it seems less important. Right. Yeah. I, I figure that when children are silenced, like we have been more often in Canada, then there's not uh, as much action that can be taken, right? Like, like in places where youth are really fully heard, that's easier for them to, to go do those sort of things. Sure. Now, what about the student body, uh, your peers, people who are going through uh, either secondary school or post-secondary right now, who say things like, look, I'll only be young once. Why should I spend my student years on political issues I can't control? How do you deal with that attitude? Um, I feel like that attitude... This is Ava. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that attitude is honestly valid. Like, um, I think that people should become more involved in their politics and should be aware. But at the same time, um, previous generations have had that same, um, like, ability and expectation. uh, Or, like, they don't need to become involved. But um, I guess for right now, it's really just where we stand. Like, if you feel strongly about something you should go and do it but i feel like there's a lot of pressure for students to be a certain way um yeah that there's never been before so and why is that can we unbundle that a bit why this pressure now um, I think it's back to, I think what Emma was saying, that it's easier now to get educated with social media. So what used to be just a couple people at a high school being interested in something, now you're connected with these people all over the country. Like with the Fridays for Future climate strikes that are happening, there's this whole, inter- there's this whole national structure of students that's been growing and with this very, you know, organized ideas on how to get all this communication happening. So with social media, there's kind of been this push on, it, it, we now see that this is a majority of students, so students can't as easily just well well, some do just you know focus on football and dances and that kind of typical high school life now there's been this push on student activism and on getting involved and what fighting for your future Mm -hmm. rachel um even on that like we can't open our phones or walk around the house without hearing the news and hearing what's going on or seeing what's happening so i kind of think the push towards constantly being berated with this information we we have to find something to do with it yeah, and I, you know, as you say, social media has such a huge impact on this. Uh, certainly, in my student days, uh, back in uh, high school, of course, parents would read the news, students wouldn't bother, or you you may have a look at the paper, or listen to the news on the radio, but that was it. It wasn't all around us like it's all around you on twitter on facebook on you know, instagram etc yes yeah nowadays also in our political climate where issues are directly affecting us in ways that it has never before it's more important than ever to pay attention it's it's so easy to pay attention when it's directing you right direct when it's being directed at you right so now there, of course there's a layer of politics to all this how do you respond to uh, we've heard it a bit from 
the Ontario government, that, you know, students are being indoctrinated by their teachers. And if the teachers would just stick to learning, we wouldn't see all this. Lydia? I don't think that's true at all. Obviously, there's some teachers that are politically inclined, but there's some teachers that have been actively fighting against this movement. Like, I can't speak to the schools I don't go to, but at some schools, you know, there have been teachers that have told you not to walk out or who have been blocking the door when students are trying to leave. And, you know, it's like anything. Some people are going to agree with it. Some people are going to disagree. And I don't think that any student feels completely encouraged or not even like they're not pressured, not even encouraged sometimes at their schools to be involved in this activism. Sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes they actively have to fight against teachers at their school in order to have their voices heard. Interesting. Now, Greta Thunberg, in her TED Talk, made this point. She said, what we do or don't do will affect my entire life and my children and grandchildren. What we do or don't do right now, me and my generation, cannot undo in the future. Do you feel the same way? In other words, how do you respond to those who don't care, regardless of their age? So, 100%, I agree. Um, we can't undo the past. Um, there will always be concrete in our fossils. There will always be, even if we completely clean the oceans, there will still be plastic. It's We can't change what we have done, but we can make adjustments so the future is better. So that we don't completely destroy what we have currently. So we can move towards a better and more prosperous future. And what you're saying about people not caring, like I remember the day after the student walkout, I was fighting with a boy on my bus who said that, well, these changes aren't going to affect me. I'm graduating. I don't really care. I just have to focus on myself. And I feel like that outlook, we don't even have time for that outlook. Like you can argue about the best way to fight climate change. You can argue about whether or not these education changes are good, but we can't argue whether or not it's important because everything that happens is important and you have to care about something. Like it doesn't matter what your opinion is, just have an opinion and we can work from there. Thunberg also said, the one thing we need more right now than hope is action. So how do we, I mean, here we are in Peterborough. Yes, our, um, what's changed? Well, winters are, are, winters are getting a bit warmer, although certainly not the last two winters. Uh, summers are getting a bit hotter, but, you know, our grocery stores are still full of food. We can still buy keep cars going, you know, the electricity system still works. How do we move to that place of action so people feel, I've got to do something? So um, it's not that kind of how you said it was winters are still cool. It won't be that it's going to disappear. It will be that it's getting more extreme. So we get right. more extreme cold weather. Right. But, um, sorry, could you just restate the question? <laughs> well... It's how how do you move people to a place mm. uh, of beyond talking, of beyond yeah. hoping, to actually doing something? Uh, never mind doing what. I mean, we'll talk about that in a mm-hmm. moment. Right? Well, it's opening the conversation. If you are able to listen and talk to somebody instead of just shouting facts at their face, they're not going to really listen if you're yelling at them. You got to hear their opinion and you got to share yours. It's right. a give and take. Right. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's about being educated too. It's not all. What's happening here, it's what's happening elsewhere, too. Like, even in our northern indigenous communities, there are places without water, right? Or, right. or places with water scarcity that that uh, we don't even realize, right? Uh, some of our political leaders don't even realize or acknowledge. So it's all about education. Sure, Lydia. And I think part of it, too, is that 
taking action is beyond just the individual. Like I remember in elementary school learning like, oh, you know, turn off your lights and don't leave the tap running when you brush your teeth. But that's not an effective solution. Like we can't just take it upon ourselves to stop climate change. Like we have to work as a collective in order to pressure our government officials. So a lot of it is in the higher political side of things that that's where the action has to happen. Sure. Now, if we we look at Peterborough, we all live here. We all know a bit about the community. Uh, We have a new city council. What are, what could be some of the things your group could urge city council to do? Um, So, You can go to city council meetings. We have, we've talked about, um, we're thinking about banning plastic Mm -hmm. and just talking about limiting the amount of plastic that we have in grocery stores. Like the Um, plastic bags? Yeah, plastic bags and just styrofoam, which is major. Um, So we have gone to city council and I think that that's one of the things that we should really be more involved in like as students as children should have more of a voice at city council so i think um yeah we can talk to our elected officials because we didn't elect them but we can still support them and have our voices heard through them but you're going to be electing them the next time right yeah Right. We are. I think another thing that we can work on specifically in Peterborough is our transportation system because, you know, so much of Peterborough, we started as a small downtown and we grew into suburbs. So Hmm. people in the suburbs have to drive really far to get anywhere. And our bus system is kind of less than ideal. You know, sometimes the bus doesn't even come when you're waiting for it and stuff like that. So I, I feel like we can improve that. And with using bikes, different things like that, just getting people around the city is one of the biggest issues in PD. We're such a car-centered city, which is very strange because we're not that big. Like, we're not Toronto or anything like that. Sure. Rachel. Um, also, the Peterborough has um, set out a goal for climate action. Um, they have not actually announced the things they will be taking, but they do have a donation box in City Hall that you can donate to. Um, but honestly, pressuring them to release the information of what they're hoping to do with the funds that we're fundraising for. Now, I don't mean to be a total jerk, but do you... <laughs> Let me back up on that question. Uh, have you have you spoken to your councillors, city councillors, like and this is town ward? No, this is Northcrest because we're we're on the north side of Park Hill, so that would be uh, Stephen Wright and Andrew Beamer for this building. If we go across the street, it would be uh, uh, Dean Pappas and Kemi Akapo. Have you uh, met with any of those yeah. people? So, um, me and Ava have both met majority of them, um, and we have had a few discussions. We had a discussion with Gary Baldwin about the plastic, so we've actually talked about him helping him develop it a little bit, um, but, um, we have had conversations with them. I I don't know where to go with that. Yeah. What was the reaction? Uh, What was the response? Were you taken seriously? Um, I think so. He did act, like, he was looking for information he was looking for information and we did give him some ideas so he's looking more into styrofoam as well as not just plastic straws which was the big movement right so Lydia and I think the other thing too is and this isn't city related um, it's provincial as well so our MPP I'm not totally sure, but, you know, some people don't really take students seriously. I know I've reached out to the MPP for a meeting and I haven't heard back yet. So sometimes we want to talk to these people, but we don't have the opportunity to because they're like, oh, well, these are high school students. It doesn't matter, you know? Well, you raise raise a point. Um, And this gets to be a touchy issue. And yet I can see why. Do you feel resentment towards older generations? In other words, how can you change their minds? 
do, do you face this sort of condescending attitude that devalue your words and belittle your efforts? Like, you're just a kid, you're only a high school student, what do you know, go get a degree and a job, come back and talk to me in 10 years. Do you, like, how do you deal with that? Because that's, that's sort of denying your experience. That's saying, you can't read, you don't know anything about what's going on in the world, you're a kid, go away. Uh, which is... How do you uh, cope with that? I think it's... I don't know, like, how to cope with it on a larger scale, but in terms of me personally, it's just come to a point where, you know, I've had to prove myself in every conversation, you know, lay down the facts, lay down my research, where with other people, you know, they can just say what degree they have or who they know personally, and that counts as credibility. But for students, you know, we actually have to be educated and we have to be able to cite specific things in order to even be heard in a conversation. Right, right, right. So be well researched. Yeah. Right, okay. Now... Thunberg, um, Greta Thunberg also says, we have solutions to climate change. We know what has to be done. She implies that what we lack is the political will to take action. How will your group create that political will or help it grow? Um, honestly, just pressuring... Zeva. Yeah, pressuring the government, like by doing strikes, by doing kind of developing like a signature emailing our MPs, emailing our MPPs, um, just, I feel like organizing is something that's very important if you want to have any kind of political influence. So even by just the action of us having a group, I feel like is a good step forward and we're continuing to move towards more um, political influence, I hope. Lydia. And I don't know if I speak for everyone, but looking out of the room, there was a kind of pause when you asked that question, because honestly, I don't know if any of us really know. Uh, you know, we're doing our best, like Ava said, we're talking to people or striking but we don't really know how to create action we are kids and i know that i've been saying that we have a place and it it is a valid voice that we have but at the same time we're just kind of trying things and seeing if they work and in order to you know pressure our federal government to do things i don't know if a couple high school kids from Pedro can like we can't we have to work together as a movement so i think our only chance of having any political impact is by using social media using this structure that we're trying to develop as an entire nation to get our government to do something now is the um whole idea of getting involved in electoral politics is that something that's on your collective radars for example we have a federal election coming up in the fall and i can tell you for sure Regardless of the party, all five candidates, well, four candidates, four or five candidates would love to have more volunteers. Yes, you don't vote yet, but you can put up signs, you can deliver circulars, you can go to meetings. Is that something that's on your radar, like to back a particular candidate? Oh, yeah, that's already been on our radar. Uh, Like there have been a couple of political meetings held at high schools that – me and my friends have volunteered at or done stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aided, like helped with. Like it, it's not a, it's not something that's not on a, not off our radar. It's one hundred percent there, right? So right. There's okay. no problem with that. Great. I think I think the other thing too is I remember I helped with Mary Monsef's campaign at the last federal election, but this year I I really don't know what I'm going to do. I think in the past you're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've become so partisan lately, just as a society, yes. that it's not actually, we're not talking about the issues, we're talking about which party we support more. And so we've come to kind of no right answer, because one party will just say the opposite of what another party thinks. And we don't necessarily want one side or the other. We want somewhere in the middle, and it's kind of hard to find that now. So I don't exactly know if I would support a political party, because I don't know if, if there's going to be a party that really holds true to what I believe in. Yeah, yeah. I think that... Yeah. 
our organization should be like just cover all like be nonpartisan um, because what we're really pushing towards is climate action and it doesn't matter um, the political party who puts that idea forward like yes everyone like for us everyone should consider everything when voting and not just an environmental policy or something like that sure. but on in terms of climate action I think there's only really one right answer like it's just taking action and tell it like have a plan that's really all that we're asking at this point right and yeah. sorry also i don't mean to say that like voting is futile because obviously <laughs> it's important and there's some options at least in my view that are better than others but i just feel like we have to kind of break out of that partisan um you know way of thinking because that's how these different parties that we are devoted to just get completely they, they miss the point you know so it's still important to have parties it's still important to engage in your electoral system you just have to we need to look at it differently, I guess. Now, sure, go ahead. Em. Right, and how can a vote be presented as right or wrong, right or wrong, when they're when all options are like legally presented on the ballots? So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> fair, fair point. Now, in terms of social media, I mean, all of you have grown up with it. It's been something I've learned in the last few years. How do you sort through? The fake news, what is nonsense versus what is real, because we're talking about politics and all the plot, it seems most of the political parties are floating the, well, these attacks against each other. Trudeau is a this, is a this. Andrew Scheer is a that, you know, the Greens are this, the NDP is that. And how, and sometimes, I mean, I do know that some accounts like come from a real person. Lydia Etherington has a, an account. You can see her name there. So, you know, it's a real person. But some of them are called uh, you know, Jack in the Box One Two Three, and you don't know if it's a real person. Is it a bot? Is it, is it being organized in uh, outside of Canada just to create dissent? How do you sort through all that? Because you're on social media a lot, I assume. I oh, there, there's there's varying body languages in the room. <laughs> so, are you on social media a lot, like hours a day? Yeah. Well. I'm personally on social media. Decent amount. I think that the whole fake news thing is a very big issue. Like there's so many things that float around social media that just get, you know, mixed. Like I remember this isn't super relevant to the no, no, political side, but there was um, someone who there was something that was happening in court and it was about, you know, the Me Too movement. And then there was a similar case that happened years ago where a woman had committed suicide because of it. And then right. it came around that this woman had committed suicide and she had never committed suicide. And just these little facts that can get bent or twisted. So I think I, you just have to catch yourself before you kind of spread this message and just double check. Like I've done that too, where I've shared a post and then I've gone and researched it and been like, that's wrong. And then I've had to go back and send a message right. to the group's chat saying, hey guys, sorry, that actually didn't happen. You, d you just have to, you know, check your facts. Emma. Yeah, that's the whole problem with like reading headlines <laughs> of articles and then sharing them with ac without actually like looking out, uh, looking into them, right? So <laughs> it's just, sorry, it's just sort of funny that you brought that up. So because uh, a lot of adults do that too like on Facebook oh, they'll see the something time. they'll see even like a like a fake uh, social media network like The Onion right is one of my like yes, yes. one of my favorite like like joke uh, sort of like satirical pages right and and there are so many so many people who think they're real when really it's just a joke and it's just yeah. it's just an, all in humor and good fun god that broke <laughs> now, now what social media platforms are important for for you um so it's it's a lot of instagram um instagram very 
few people are on Facebook. Um, Facebook. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> I think, like, Facebook is, you know, the adult social media, and so the only time young people are on Facebook is to connect with adults. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, being in, you know, extracurricular activities will be like, oh, we have a Facebook account. It's like, great, now I have to make a Facebook account to participate in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, S- send pictures to yeah. your grandmother sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And Snapchat was one, but it's kind of been dying down, at least for my perspective and it was never really used for putting information as much as instagram is like instagram is you're posting it to your stories you're posting everything and it's two clicks and you have an entire article on your page so so instagram is a big one yeah yeah mm-hmm. what else twitter no no, twitter, <laughs> no. i think it's just instagram like the two main social medias i use are instagram and snapchat and snapchat is just for like texting people and instagram's the only one where you know you're networking you're putting out messages you're promoting things okay it's sort of like your own uh, mini news article right you've got your picture and then you've got your caption how (laughs) that can be i don't know like a couple paragraphs long so it's it's pretty interesting because you can spread information quite easily now you're a few years younger than uh my own daughters uh but i can't I can't send them email. Well, I can send them email, but I have to tell them, send them a, uh, a text message first. Yeah. Oh. Is that the same? Like, do you do email? I check my email every day, like three. You times check a day. your email every day. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I okay. think that e- I think email is still really important, and I feel like a lot of young people don't check their emails, or at least sometimes, you know, I'll be trying to organize something and I'll send them an email, and then I'll realize that they didn't check their email. So it is kind of dying, but I feel like email is one that we should be preserving. Yeah, Emma. It just sort of depends on the person, too, right? I feel like we should just communicate with the most effective way of form of communicating with that specific person, right? You just have to know them. Okay. Unless it's like to widely spread information, right? But Okay. So back to this theme of political involvement. Do you see students lining up and saying, hey, we should all support the whoever party because they've got the best policy? Or are people going to make their individual decisions? I think people are going to make their individual decisions. You know, um, there seems to be, of the four major parties, one of them is very on the right more so, and then the other three are more on the left. And I think that among student activists, we kind of divided among those three parties on the left, um, even right. within ourselves sometimes. So I don't think that we're all kind of gearing up behind one political party. But I think that's part of the plan is that we're going to try to agree on one because that's the only way that we can really make changes if we all kind of agree on I don't want to say the lesser of three evils. No one's evil, but, you know, which one works the best? You might get some people agreeing with evil, but anyway. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so one of my upcoming fears for this election, because this is my first year I can vote. I'm 18. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, is that with the whole scandal recently... Um, that people are going to be scared. Which to scandal? Vote. The, SN- the, the the one with uh, Trudeau and the um, oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So people are kind of scared of liberal right now, and they usually only think there are two options when it comes to um, yeah. So um, often the other two are forgotten. So it's either conservative or liberal most days. <laughs> we were talking about politics. Let's change our focus to a different level of politics, that is our provincial government, um, who so far have fought against the, the carbon tax, 
and other strategies to reduce emissions who uh, now want uh, are going to require gas stations to have stickers on their pumps to show uh, how much the carbon tax is costing. What do you think has to happen there? What's the response? Um, honestly, I don't really know what the appropriate response is. I think it's just kind of been a, a microcosm of what's happening in the States. Just every day you look at the news and then just kind of sit in silence for about five minutes contemplating how you got to this <laughs> point. Um, right. I don't honestly know how to respond. You know, the students have tried walking out and apparently that didn't work. So, yeah. Well, you, you, you raise, Lydia, you raise uh, such a, a, a core point. I mean, how do you fight despondency or, or, or the sense of helplessness? Like, no, you know, we're going to hell in a handbasket and there's nothing to be done. It's almost like watching a house on fire and doing nothing. So how do you grapple with that? Um, I think it's hard and you just kind of have to keep some hope and then just keep fighting. And I think it's also pushing some people to extremes like there's been this thing floating on social media of a week-long student strike which is you know exactly the opposite of what we're pushing for with the walkouts you know a week-long strike would be detrimental to our education it would just you know put the wrong image on the message but because of this pushback from the government because we feel like we have no other options we're, we're getting to these points where some people are you know drifting into that area what are some of the things that you could uh do with your colleagues, with other students, that would be seen as positive, that would be seen as, okay, this is something I can get behind, that would encourage people to to donate time and money in terms of creating change. Go ahead. Huh? Perhaps like even even small things like like a different differently organized colors to support or to uh sorry, I can't hold the microphone right. Uh like a like for for example, a lot of the students are uh were wearing whoa, phone ringing. Uh, a lot of the students were wearing uh black on the day of the walkout uh just to stand in solidarity and I thought that was really super interesting because um the, because if that becomes sort of a normal occurrence, there's there's going to be notice, right? If all, if, if all sure. colors trained from the school, they're going to say, hmm, maybe this is, isn't just happening like in, the, in their wardrobe choices. Maybe it's happening in their future. I don't know. What's happening in Europe that's giving you uh, hope? In other words, the movement is much more active from what I can see in social media in Europe. In other words, there are huge student walkouts. Uh, it seems to be uh, there seems to be more momentum. What what can you take from that? Is there anything? Um, honestly, I haven't been following too too much about what's been happening in Europe. I think just the amount of students that have been doing walkouts and strikes. But to a certain extent, like we can't just continue with the walkouts and w- with strikes. That's kind of how we get attention and how we get noticed but we have to do something with that so i think the next step you know obviously we can keep doing fridays for future but there has to be a next step there has to be some kind of action taken in the political level because if we just keep leaving school nothing's going to happen like that's not our end goal right now you you are meeting with uh, local councillors and that's great if you could meet with our mayor what would you <laughs> tell her because i think she would be open to that i mean she's uh, you know, of a different generation in her early 30s. Um, what what sort of thing would you take to her? Yes. Um, so we do, we had a meeting planned, but we haven't um, actually done it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to talk to her about 
what Peterborough was doing. So the plastic is something I'm really passionate about personally. So I would Mm -hmm. bring that up with her. Um, And also just making kind of politics at a municipal level more open, just making people more aware because we have like, it is a community. So I think that any kind of outreach is made way more impactful on a municipal level. So mm-hmm. just I would invite the mayor to reach out more. Even, I respect everything that they have done so, like all the efforts that they've taken thus far, but I think that reaching out to communities, reaching out to high schools even, would be mm-hmm. like a dramatic, like would just better our our awareness of the municipal government like function. Okay. Are there other things that uh, you can think of that uh, you wish the, um, not only adults in education, but just the community in general could be more aware of when they look at, let's say, a student walk out and they say, well, it's another one of these. What are they grumbling about? Uh, you know, why don't they get their good marks first? You know, that sort of attitude. I think they, I, I, I wish that they realized that we don't want to leave school. Like the people who are leaving school naturally know about the issues which means that they're educated which means that they care about school like we we aren't choosing to do this because we're lazy we don't want to do this because we think it'll be fun we want some fresh air like we're doing this because there's no other option right like we've exhausted all the other possibilities and this is what we've come to so i wish that they realized that you know this is kind of a last resort and that we need to have our voices heard and that's why we're doing this is because we need to have some kind of response from them sure emma Right. We're not trying to deny ourselves an education. We're trying to to make an impact so our education can be better in the future. Right. Right. Lydia. And I think um, Greta was saying this as well, talking about, you know, why bother going to school and learning about all this stuff if I'm not going to have a future anyway? You know, why bother learning about how to be an adult if my adulthood is going to be entirely just changed by climate change? Yeah. Right. And another thing is that um, in school, teachers don't even know. Like, we have teachers talk to us about, like, oh, I'm teaching you this, but we're, like, I have no idea what you're going to do in the future. I have no idea what job opportunities you're going to have, so I'm only teaching what's in the curriculum. And I feel like, be, kind, like, the school system is so important, but it's also so stuck in the past that um, we're looking at the future, students are looking at the future, and we're realizing that um, it's it's looking really like it's not looking that great for us it's very bleak and so i think that that's pushing us like we have to do something so well i mean it's painful to say but um and uh a bit unbelievable for my my own uh, kids to to hear um, and i've told them this they don't believe me but i used to be 19 <laughs> and when i was 19 i i um I graduated from a two-year teaching diploma back in Montreal, and I can remember a hiring hall. I'd walk into, and there were school boards all around the province, Anglo uh, school boards all around, and I could pick which one. And I was a skier, said, oh, I like to ski, I'll pick a board in the Laurentians. You know, if you could walk in a straight line and chew gum, you could get work. And what I'm trying to say, what I'm taking too many words to say is, for certainly your parents' generation, never mind my generation, getting work and figuring out what to do as you finish school was a whole lot easier. I would hate to be in that situation now. Yes. Yeah, even now, I'm uh, I'm trying to think of my future because what if these changes right. are eventually implemented? I will have to go to a different school. I'm talking yes. about that with my friends. I'm going to have to... Uh, we're looking like at school zones, right? Like, like all of that already, 
because of the changes being made, we are being forced to think about our future so early on. We're being forced to grow up far faster than we want to. Exactly. And it's important for us to to take action or else we're all going to be in a place we don't want to be. Yeah. And I think the other thing, too, is what you're saying about the job market. Like our education system has kind of almost turned into a machine. Like university university degrees used to mean a lot more than they do now. And like market inflation, like everything's just going up. And you see so many more kids going to university, so many more kids with like 90 plus averages, which used to be unheard of. And now it's just, you know, a matter of, okay, you go to university, you get a degree, then you have to immediately go into a job to pay off your student loans and you don't have any time to explore and figure out what you want to do with your life. And so, and like you said, like the jobs are so difficult to get. You can't get the kind of job you want. You just have to get whatever job you can. Yes, yes. No, it's um, facing the job market now is uh, much more challenging than certainly was in the 60s or 70s. You know, there were just so many more options for unskilled uh, labor even for people with no particular job skills, you could get a job doing something. Now with automation and robotics, it's all. Uh... So, um, given all that, what are some of the hopeful signs you see going on in Peterborough in environmental circles, in student politics? What's happening that's good news that we all need to? Sh- there, there's much pointing and gesturing here. here. <laughs> Go ahead, Emma. Yeah, the youth have been organizing so many different events. <laughs> no, it, it's amazing. There have been so many changes being made. There have been walkouts organized. There have been groups implemented, right, like PYE, uh, right, uh, like even social justice groups at schools all across Ontario. It's really amazing to see these changes being Ava. made. Yeah, and I think that something that's really special that I've been seeing a little bit is, like, having adults reaching out to kids. So, like, having, like, organizations that are more, like, we share the same values, and they're kind of realizing that the youth, like, we share the same values as some of these organizations, and it's incredible how much, like, us just having a platform, like, having an Instagram and having people, like, reach out to us, um, it's given us so many more opportunities, like, um, to organize with adults who already have a platform, who already have, like, money like momentum like not to take over our organization obviously but just to make connections like that right right, yeah okay uh in terms of what you see happening what are some things you'd like to definitely see within the next six months the next year the next two years in peterborough changes you'd like to see tangible things that people could lock onto for example um until two years ago, there wasn't any such thing as a pollinator garden. Well, now mm. people are building pollinator gardens. Uh, are there other things like that that you're aware of? Um, yeah, Rachel. So, I the bike lanes are important. Um, right. Non vehicular transportation options are so important. They're good for your health. They're good for the environment. And that infrastructure can be built in suburbs and things that we are currently building, as well as we can build up instead of out and have, instead of sprawling neighborhoods or subdivisions, right. we can have taller buildings, etc. Yeah, like we talk about this housing crisis in Peterborough, and then I drive out to my friend's house in the suburb and pass like 
50 new developments being made with massive houses that, you know, nobody needs that much space or like, especially that far away from downtown. So like Rachel was saying, build up instead of out. We need to focus more on bringing people downtown. And that's where we need to develop, not out in the country where people have to drive 15 minutes just to get like a glass of milk. Yeah, sure. So something tangible that we could do in Peterborough is changing the building codes, like just making them more, um, just making sure that the buildings that we are building are sustainable and that we're making sure to not have this urban sprawl that is making people produce more emissions, have bigger houses, go into more debt and just exacerbate the problem. Right, right, right. Are there other things you you would, specific things you'd like, let's say, the city to do, the school boards to do that could make a difference? Well, nothing in... I'm not going to talk about anything in specific, but I, I sure hope there'd be more of a youth focus. Even you today, by having us on, is sort of using your platform to give us a voice, and that's so important. And I would like to see so many more people do things like that. Right? Like, yeah, it's it's uh, stunning to me when I talk to other adults who have this sort of experience, and they say things like, they had some ideas. Yeah, it's as if you know. You, <laughs> it's you, as if we're you being were, educated. You you yeah. were earthworms until <laughs> until we weren't born listening. yesterday. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and you know, as you're talking, it, it reminds me that generations that have gone before you actually have a lot in common. Right. I can remember uh, so my my parents' generation. My mother had a friend who was 15, who took part in D-Day. You know, he, he was a tall kid. He lied about his age. He got into the army. He, now, I mean, he's gone now, but um, yours is not the first generation to have immense challenge thrown, challenges thrown at you. Well, um, so uh, Lydia, Rachel, Ava, and Emma, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, are there any last thoughts you'd like to leave our audience with in terms of Things they should be aware of, things they can hope for, things to watch out for as we move into summer. Right, yeah. Some people forget what it's like to be a kid, but but they don't realize that there were changes being made when they were a kid. They made some of them did make changes, right? Huge. Right, like like you were just talking about that. Uh, we need to be educated altogether. We need to spread awareness about the issues. We need to, especially adults, need to use their platforms to give youth the voices that they need to be able to uh, affect change. Right, and it's it's super important that we all realize these things. Uh, and Lydia. the other thing to watch out for is there's being a national there's a national climate strike that's being planned for May 3rd. Okay. Um and that's all over the country because you know the the last big strike that happened happened over our March break. So, you know, check out downtown Peterborough May 3rd. It's going to be filled with uh student activists and young people. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. And who should we be paying, and when I say we, those of us who watch the media, um, uh, the general public, who should we be paying attention to? Who's got something to say that we should definitely keep track of? Keep an eye on Greta. She's, yeah, yeah. she's, she's just been no- nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize as well, so right. keep, keep, she is younger than Malala, so yeah. Yeah, she's 18. Uh, 16. 16. 16, that's right. 16. I think she was 17 when she was awarded. Yeah, so keep an eye on her. She has some great ideas. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much for coming in.